Joshua chapter 1, verse 7, Only be thou strong, says God, and very courageous. Strong in the Lord, strong in the word God has given to you on this subject. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Be strong. Look at what God has brought to your mind by his spirit. Focus on that. One woman in our church group had a dream that her husband was reading the Bible. Her husband is a very intellectual man and is not born again. Sometimes your eyes will drift off and say, how can that be possible? The only thing we can focus on is what God has shown us in the situation. And in her case, her husband was reading the Bible. She must not waver from that. Don't try to be strong in yourself. It's strong in what God has shown you. The devil tried to persuade Eve that God hadn't really spoken those instructions to Adam. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Notice how twisted those words that the devil said are. Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? No, God didn't say that. There was one tree that God told him not to eat from. But the devil will twist things that he brings to us. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruits of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it. Now see, that's correct. But then she added to the word of God by saying, Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. If you add to the word of God, that will cause you to doubt the word of God because you know part of it was not the word of God. Part of it was your own thinking. And that will weaken your faith to the point you can't stand. Eve added the part where she said, Neither shall ye touch it. God didn't say that. And the serpent said to the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God. Now basically, people want to be as God. They want to be able to do it themselves, about like a two-year-old. 
They want to have wisdom. They want to have wisdom outside of God. They want to know good and evil of their own reasoning. When God tells me to do something, and I'm sure it's the voice of God, I try to do it as quickly as possible. For I know the longer I hesitate, the more opportunity I give the devil to twist the instruction or to try to make me believe that I have not heard correctly. One time God told me to do something, and my best friend at that time came to me and said, Joan, is there any way you could be wrong about this? I said, no. When I fell at my house in Texas in 2018 and was taken to the hospital, and they rolled me past the front door of my house, I heard a word from God. You'll never see this house again. I had no doubt that was God. It didn't frighten me. I knew God was going to change my life. Several months earlier, he had shown me that I would not be able to continue to live alone. That didn't matter to me. Let God choose whom I live with. It'll work out. It didn't matter to me that I would never see that house again. I put the house up for sale. Why? Because if you believe you've heard from God, you do something that is compatible with the word you've heard from God. One of our church members said to me, I don't see how you can do this. I said, but I've heard from God. I'll never see this house again. That ends it. There's no counsel against the word God gives you. Proverbs 21, I think. Once you hear from God, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. You go forward in what you believe you have heard from God. When I was a new Christian, I had a major test. A woman had taken me to court concerning my business, which I owned at that time. A word which I believed to be from God came to me by the Holy Spirit just in the form of a thought. Don't testify. I really believed that was from God. The woman who worked for me witnessed the situation and she was going to testify at the court trial, and I said, I can't testify. I believe I've heard from God, don't testify. She became very angry with me because that left all the burden upon her, she said. The man I was dating at the time said, Joan, you're not doing this girl any favor by not testifying. And I said, I'm not trying to do this girl any favor. I'm trying to obey God, and I believe he's told me not to testify. When we got in through the courtroom, the judge was looking at papers, and 
And when he saw I was not testifying, he stopped looking at papers, looked directly at me and said, you're not testifying? At one point, my lawyer came to me and said, Flo's testimony didn't go as well as I thought it would. She's the one who was angry with me and had witnessed the situation. He said, but if you will testify, we'll win this case. And I said, well, I'll check and see. And I got up and went to the ladies' room and said to God, what do you want me to do? And I heard, don't testify. I went back into the courtroom and the lawyer looked at me and I just shook my head no. It looked like we were going to lose the case. And I even said it once, God, I hope you know what you're doing. We're going to lose this case. Well, we didn't lose the case. We won the case and I did not testify. All we have to do is to pay attention when we believe we've heard something from God. Confirm it with God if you need to and do it and keep doing it. And don't give it up to turn away because someone disagrees with you. That just doesn't work. It takes courage. Courage and faith. Faith that God can stop you if he needs to. Faith in God to communicate with you. How can he communicate with me? How did he make the heavens and earth? He knows how to do these things far above what we even think. Have courage. God will speak to his children, does speak to his children. Don't you speak to your children if you have children? Wouldn't it be silly to think that you don't speak to them and correct them and stop them and encourage them and show them what to do? That's what God does with us. Several years ago, after I went on internet and writing the blog, a young man contacted me saying he was a minister and that he'd read some writing I'd done about the subject of we should not call ourselves reverend. There's no place in the Bible where anyone is called reverend. We are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers set here for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8 through 11. But there's no place that anyone in the ministry in the Bible is called reverend. He believed that teaching. He presented it to his own church group, and they became very angry with him and told him to quit teaching that. And they told him that if he didn't quit teaching it, he would have to give up living in the church housing which he and his wife and young son lived in and move off the church property and he would not be able to speak again at the church property. This man, 48 years old, had lived on church property for 30 years. 
He had no income, no money saved, no place to live. My concern over him is I didn't think he had a solid basis on how to follow God, which we need in the storms of this present life. At one point, he asked for a laptop computer, and we sent him an old laptop, which wasn't being used. I counseled him to get a secular job, support his family, as Paul had a secular job and supported himself. I sent him teaching concerning following God by his spirit, and after that, I heard no more from him for several years. By that, I felt he had gone back to that church group and had cast aside the teaching that I had done that he believed. It is so important to know about the Holy Spirit and how he leads us and how to meditate on those scriptures given us by the Holy Spirit of God so that we can be strong enough and have enough courage to hold on to the direction that God brings to us when he brings the scripture to our mind by the Holy Spirit. We build a deep root system in God when we keep the word of God given by the Spirit of God before us day and night thinking on that instruction until we can do that instruction. This is the power of God for us. For example, that scripture in Colossians 3 where it says, let the peace of God rule in your heart, that means when you're troubled about going a certain direction and you pray over the direction you're troubled by and you're still troubled, don't go. Do what the scripture says. Let the rule over your life be the peace of God. That's one way that God shows us what to do in this life. But we have to be very strong and very courageous, holding on to the Word of God. And we have to say, Has not God commanded me in this? Isn't it God who told me this? We must hang on to the word God has given us. If God has told us to do this, God will uphold us. If we turn away from God, we have examples in the Old Testament where he wouldn't go forward with them because they turned away from him, from what he told them. But if you cling to the word of God, the word that is given by God, the word that comes down from above that the Holy Spirit brings to your mind, you cling to that, you won't fail. Nothing can overcome you.
Thank you for allowing me to share with you today.